0: Uh, even this just goes so wonderfully with what the Lord has laid on my heart to be free we we've talked about being free from uh, uh, you know a critical spirit and a religious spirit and uh, Jeff spoke on being free to freedom to choose and today I'm gonna be speaking on freedom from the past everybody has a past say I have a past, have a past. see some people think well, well I've got a past my past is not so bad and other people think my past is terrible and, but everybody has a past, and even a good past can get in the way of your, of your destiny. Did you know that? So we're going to be looking at some scriptures this morning and, and talking about how to get free of our past. That's why I love that song so much that we sang this morning, Remembrance. Uh, you've been so, so good to me. We need to recognize how good God has been to us that has brought us to this place in our life to serve Him, to, wa- to walk with Him, and to enjoy His presence. So if you have your Bibles... We're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 3. I love the book of Philippians. Do y'all, how many of you just love the book of Philippians? I mean, it's just one of those great books. And uh, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. I know not everybody loves the Passion Translation. But the reason I like sometimes to go to a different translation is we kind of get, sometimes we get, we know it so well in the old translation that it just kind of comes out. You know and we just say well forgetting the past and we just kind of go through it and we don't really think about it but when you hear it from a different perspective or different translation i think sometimes that brings it alive to us again so uh, we're going to be reading from the passion translation it'll be on the screen for you and so uh, i was got to thinking who's who's a, a great example of somebody that's dealt with their past and there are so many in the bible that listen there are just many many people in the bible that dealt with their past and had to move forward uh, Peter was one of them you know he he denied Christ three times and and, and when Jesus came back th- uh, to after resurrection and they're having breakfast you know he said do you love me do you love me do you love me and I'm, I'm thinking Peter man he's got his this past it's just I denied him I denied him I denied him and so he that was a great example of moving on because of what he did in the kingdom but we want I'm going to look at the apostle Paul if there's anybody that had a right to say, I can't do this. He won't forgive me. I've done too many bad things. It's him. It's him. And so God gives us these examples because you may be here this morning. You may be that person or person that says, I've done too many bad things. I can't be useful in the kingdom of God. God cannot possibly love me. And certainly he won't forgive me for all the stuff that I've done. But I want you to hear this word from this apostle Paul. This morning, we're going to break it down a little bit. So Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. He says this, My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. I don't remind Peter what I've already written you because it protects you. Beware of those religious hypocrites who teach you that you should be circumcised to please God. Remember that religious spirit we talked about? He's addressing it right here. Oh, you got to be circumcised. He said, listen, quit listening to the hypocrites. For we have already experienced heart circumcision. And we worship God in the power and the freedom of the Holy Spirit, not in laws and in religious duties. Again, that's a religious spirit. We are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done and not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. Listen, this morning, you need to be reminded that when Christ came in, it was a supernatural intervention into your life. Supernatural intervention. Now, if you want to write this down, I think this is a great acronym. The Lord gave this to me. P-A-S-T, the past. Pardons are supernatural transactions. Pardons are supernatural transactions. See, you can't do it on your own. You can't pardon yourself. You can not make a way into heaven for yourself. You just can't do it. I can't do it. The Pope can't do it. Nobody. Billy Graham couldn't do it. The perfect. The people that you think are the most perfect people—they can't do it. And Paul's saying, I'm, he's dealing with these people here. He said, "Listen, listen. Don't go back and hear. Don't listen to the religious hypocrites and say you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this." He said, "You've got to remember, remember that supernatural encounter you had with Jesus Christ." That pardoned you from your sin the blood of Jesus listen none of you have been touched by the blood physically but you've been touched by the blood of Jesus that's supernatural what happened 2,000 years ago that touches you today is supernatural so listen when we can get a, a revelation that our pardon was supernatural that we really didn't have anything to do it except doing what 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 Mario said surrender When we can get to that place, then we can move on from our past. And this is what I'm going to, hopefully, will help some of you do today that are really even tormented by your past. No amount of religious duty is going to get you where you want to go in heaven. Now, I want to go back to one verse, and it says, And we worship God in the power and the freedom of the Holy Spirit. God's presence, listen to me, church. God's presence can overwhelm your past. God's presence can overwhelm your past but if you don't get into his presence then your past will eke its way it will crowd its way it will come back and haunt you but if if you don't stay in his presence and i'm not saying oh because i come to church every sunday this is just one form of getting in his presence when you wake up in the morning you acknowledge his presence when you're at work you acknowledge his presence when when you're when you're on vacation you not acknowledge his presence when you're, when you're working with, when, when you're at work and you're dealing with the issues that are going on at work or at school or in your family or in your finances, whatever it is, if you will acknowledge his presence and all of those things, listen, the past won't come in and bite you and pull you back. Look at verse 4. It's true, Paul says, that I once relied. I want you to look at all the, the things he's talking about that happened in the beforehand, okay? He said, I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others, for my pedigree was impeccable. I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as the son, as son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. Woo, can't you just see him? Got his fingers in his vest. He's popping them up there like, I, 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 I look at all of me. Look at my credentials. I was circumcised eight days after my birth and was raised in the strictest of traditions of the Orthodox Judaism, living a separated and devout life as a Pharisee. I was, I was, I had, I just, you know. He's going on and on about his past because he wants, to, wants you to know that it didn't matter what his past looked like. It didn't matter how good it was how bad it was he said i look at my past i'm not living on my credentials you can live in the past even in the past of a good reputation listen because most people think when the when he says talking about our past he's talking about our bad past but see some people get stuck in their good past y'all hearing me and you go back to the good things and when you're in trouble, and when you're, when you're, when you're finding th- things are tough and you're walking this walk and things aren't going so smoothly, uh, man, I wish it was back. I wish I could go back. But see, you can't go back. But the enemy would want you to go back because if you're going backwards, you're not going what? Forwards. If you're looking in the rearview mirror, guess what? And that's all you're looking at. You're going to have a wreck. Now Jesus said, if you put your hand to the plow and you look back, you're not fit for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you're not fit. You're not not in shape to get where you need to go because you're looking back. How many of you have ever been driving before and something falls down in in your seat or in the floorboard and you reach down for it? Anybody ever done that? Guess what? Where does the steering wheel go? Wherever you've leaned to. And you get off track and sometimes you, you could even have a wreck. If you're not keeping your eyes on the on the prize so you can't go back guys you can't go back into the good past or the bad past and keep your eyes and your focus where it needs to be you've got to know your identity in christ if you're going to move on from your past remember that, look at acts thirteen nine real quickly well you don't even have to turn that it'll be up here uh remember when when saul was struck down on the road to damascus how many of you know that story He was struck down on the road to Damascus. Some of you do, like 12 people know that story. (laughs) When I ask a question, how many of you know that story about the road to Damascus? Eh, that's better. That's better. I'm not going to send you all back to school. But he was struck down on the the road to Damascus, and, and the Lord said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He called him Saul. See, Saul was his Jewish name Saul is a great Jewish name it means desired desire say desired. desired so he says Saul, Saul, when you per- persecute me then had this supernatural transaction and then later on in the Gospels you start reading that his name is Paul you ever wonder about that see I used to think well God gave him a new name but he didn't he already had that name he had two names because he was a Roman citizen also so he also he had two names his name was Saul Paul how many of you got two names Yeah, a lot of you have two names. Uh, And and so here he is, is, this Saul, persecuting Christians, and his name is a a good Jewish name. And now when he's called to the Gentiles, they call him Paul. And you know what Paul means? Small or little. See, Paul had a problem with pride. That's why he says all the things that he says. I don't boast, I don't boast, I don't boast. Because he he had this within him like, I've got the credentials. And yet, to the Gentiles, that meant nothing. They didn't care. So, when we go into, when we find our identity in Christ, there's a, there's a sense of, or a form of humility that we come into. So, we become small in our eyes in the sense that God is big. And it isn't about us, it's about Him. Amen? So, in, in Acts 13, it says, Then Saul, who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at them. So he's, he's changed. So you need to know when you come to Christ, when that supernatural transaction takes place, you get a new name. You get a new identity. You have been adopted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're no longer who you used to be. Amen? Yeah. So you're a new creation in Christ. So we have that Paul and Saul Transformation. If you're going to move forward in freedom, you've got to understand your identity. We preach It kind of gets into almost every sermon anybody ever preaches up here because it's so important that you know who you are in Christ, not who you used to be in the world. Verse 6 in Philippians 3, Concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one surpassed me. See, that's pretty bold, isn't it? No one surpassed me. I was the smartest kid in the class. I was a valedictorian. I was without a peer. There was nobody like me, he said. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted the Messianic believers with religious zeal. He is laying it all out there for the church. He said, look, I was this, this, and this, but I was also that. There's an ugly side to me. I persecuted Christians. I had them arrested. I had them put in prison. I had them killed. You know, in, in 2 Corinthians 12, how many of you, raise your hands if you remember, how many of you remember the, when, when Paul spoke of the thorn in his flesh? Now, there, nobody really knows exactly what the thorn in his flesh was. And I really, I thought it was, I thought it was always pride. I just thought it was pride because he said it's a messenger of Satan has been sent to buffet me. See, God can allow, did you know God has control of Satan He allows him to do things. Sometimes we want to blame the devil on some things. And listen, God just allowed this messenger of Satan to buffet him. And he said, I've got this thorn in my flesh, God. And he said, three times I prayed and you did not remove the thorn. And I never knew, except I thought it might be pride. I I wasn't sure until I saw the movie The Apostle Paul. How many of you saw the movie The Apostle Paul? And I I, I said, man, that guy, whoever wrote that, had it figured out. I believe that he was right on, he could, have, he could be wrong, but I believe that the, the thorn in his flesh was the memories of every person that he had ever had killed for the cause of Christ. And it burdened him. You would show him in the movie, he'd go to sleep at night and he'd have these dreams and he would toss and turn. And he was like, oh my goodness, I've, I, I've had all these people killed. How, how can I keep doing what I'm doing for the, for the kingdom? And I'm thinking about all these children, all these parents that I had put in prison and killed just because they believe in the Christ that I believe in now. And he cried out to God. Some of you have cried out to God. God, remove this this thorn, whatever the thorn is uh, in in your flesh today. You say you cried out. And listen what God said to him, what Jesus said to him in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he, Jesus, said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, sometimes when our past comes back to haunt us or to cause us to have Pain, or, or it comes back to, to, to give us you know, the, the thought life that starts, starts pulling you backwards and torments you. God will say, listen, give that to me. I am strong. I am, my grace is sufficient when you're going through that stuff. You've got to know that His grace is sufficient this morning, church. If you're ever going to move on from your past, you've got to understand grace. And I'm not talking about the hyper grace that says, oh, you've got the grace of God. Do whatever you want to. That's not scripture at all. When the grace of God says, I, I'm free from sin, I, I'm not going to continue to sin. That's not part of who I am anymore. But I'm covered by the grace of God. Verse 7 says, yet of all the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them and regarded all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. See, God's not interested in your credentials. He's interested in your potential. He's not interested in your pedigree. He, he really isn't. You, you can't really go and, hey, God, look at me. You just can't with God. He's perfect. He's supreme. He's everything. And you, you, you just can't go brag to God about yourself. It just doesn't, doesn't wash with God no, I know you, Harold. (laughs) If you think you're that, hmm, I really know you. He knows each and every one of us. He knows our failures. He knows our faults. He knows what we're battling this morning. He he does. So we can't go back and say, well, I deserve this. I deserve that. Because we don't. Verse 8 says, to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all of my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. So that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. You know, we, we hear that saying all the time. Don't let your past dictate your future. Right? And that's easier said than done. That's why we're addressing that this morning, but there's another saying that I grew up with and you know I used to hear it and I think well, what does that actually mean? Well, just let go and let God. How many of you have heard that saying? How many of you been told that saying you're going through something men and your worlds came in? Well, just let go and let God That's that religious spirit, you know, and it sounds good, but they never tell you what that really means They they don't they don't explain it to you. Just okay i'll let go and let god right well god gave me a a a lesson in that one time mary lee's heard the story a few times i don't know that i've ever told it here in relationship to a sermon but i'm going to tell it today many years ago i was we we were in a church we had a men's group and we were going to go on a fishing trip and it was in uh new mexico how many of you know there's a las vegas new mexico Yes. a lot of you been to las vegas Las Vegas, New Mexico, and it's a beautiful place. It's in the wilderness area. And so we went up in the mountains there and we were trout fishing. And uh, I don't really, I'm not into fishing much. And so me and my buddy, Ron Barnett, he wasn't into fishing much either. So said, was there anything else we can do up here while y'all catch these little bitty tiny fish? And uh, they said, well, if you want to go, there's, some, there's a stable down there. You might go do some, uh, ride some horses. So we said, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Us being from Texas and cowboys and all. Saddles, anybody ever have a saddle sore? <laughs> yeah, Austin, you would appreciate this, me riding a horse. Man, I'm sitting up tall, didn't have a hat or nothing. Anyway, we found this place at the bottom of the mountain. There was, this old, there was this old man, and he had some horses, and they looked like they were like 40, 50 years old. And he rented these horses out to us. So we get, he gets a horse, I get a horse, and we go. He said, well, you just go, go up the mountain. Like, okay. So we go up the mountain. How many, how many of you have ever been on a horse up in a, on a mountain trail? And you're going up, and the trail's this wide, and the horse is that wide? It's a little scary. But they're, they're sure-footed. And He just said, hang on, guys. So we're, we go up, and we go up to the top of this mountain, and then we get to the top of this mountain. It's beautiful. It's like a, it's like a flat area plateau with this beautiful pine tree right in the middle, by all by itself. And we're up there like just enjoying nature. Boy, just celebrating our, our victory to make it to the top of the mountain. But then guess what it does? It starts raining. How many you know going up on a mountain, it can be sunny at the bottom and raining at the top? We, didn't have, we weren't prepared for rain. It started raining, so we said, so I think it's time for us cowboys to get back down to the bottom. Only problem is we didn't know where to go to get down to the bottom. So we just started riding. And we started looking. And there's a trail. Let's go down this trail. And we're eking our way down this trail, and we, not, we are lost as a goose in a snowstorm. <laughs> we, we're just lost. And it's, it's, it's a little disconcerting, you know, to be lost on a strange horse in a strange state. And uh, so we get down to the bottom, and here's a road. Here's a paved road. You know, whew, we made it at the bottom. Let's just follow this road and see where it takes us. And so we followed this road, and guess what it took us to? took us to the place where we rented the horses. We get there and we like tell that man, man, we didn't, weren't sure we'd ever get back here, sir. We're so sorry. We, I'm sure we took longer than you thought we would take. And I'm not going to tell you the expletive, deletive, he said. <laughs> because he said, because we told him we were lost. He said, blank, boys. See, just let go of the rains. that to come right back here is where we feed them. <laughs> you could have told us that before we left, Sir. It would have been really helpful if we were get lost, because I'm sure we're not the first two gringos that got lost up in the mountain. <laughs> Just tell us. Let go of the reins. So I got to understanding. How do you get back to where God wants you to be? You let go of the reins. you got the reins of your past. you got the reins of your past. And you're trying to direct everything. You're trying to make everything happen. And God says, let go and let me do it for you. Does that make sense? So that when next time you're let go and let God think of your pastor lost on a mountain. <laughs> Verse 9, my passion, I love that. My passion, Paul says, is it to be consumed with him and not cling to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be this, based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. Said my righteousness, mm, not so good. Mine, come, mine, comes from God, and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus. Listen to this. This is keep listen. If you want to move from your past, listen to what Paul's saying here. Let it sink in. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of His resurrection working in me. It isn't what He did 20 years ago or 50 years ago or last year when you got saved. It's today. Lord, I want to experience you today. I want to see your wonders today. I want to walk in the power of your Spirit today. I will be one with him in his sufferings, people don't like that, and become like him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. See, it's hard to live in the past and and to be overwhelmed with our past when we're consumed with God. He said, I don't care if I've got to die to live as Christ, to die as gain. He says in Philippians. He says, I don't care if I am consumed with God, if I'm consumed with living for Him, suffering for Him, rejoicing for Him. It doesn't matter. Listen, your past will not have a way to get in if you've got yourself enclosed by Holy Spirit. Verse 12, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me to make me his own. You know what we need to sometimes do? Not take ourselves too seriously and recognize that we aren't perfect. I understand we're perfect in the eyes of Christ because of the blood of Jesus. But in and of ourselves, in and of our flesh, we are not perfect. A religious spirit will say sometimes you're better than somebody else. And that self-righteousness will rise up. <laughs> just yucky, isn't it? Yeah. Anybody know anybody that's self-righteous? Just like they're better than you. They know more scriptures than you. They pray longer than you pray. They they, they do more. They, they You know, th- that spirit of religion just eats out of them. Paul says, hey, look. <laughs> I haven't arrived yet. I haven't attained it yet. I haven't acquired the fullness yet. I'm pursuing it though. He was staying in this place of hunger and humility. See, you, you've got to come to that place, church, to recognize that you're not perfect. You, you need that we need each other, that you need God, that you need Jesus, you need Holy Spirit every moment of every day. And once you get to that place of saying, you know, I'm not perfected yet. Then you go, what's the other half of that? But I'm pursuing him. I'm pursuing maturity. I want to grow in my faith. I don't want to be stagnant. I know what stagnant water looks like. Anybody know what a stagnant water looks like? If you go out to some, some old uh, pond, and man, there's, there's nothing there. There's no way for it. To, the water's come in, but it's just stopped, and it's not leaving. And it just gets this gr- ooh, this yucky film over the top. of You know what I'm talking about? Some mosquitoes love that. And it starts stinking. There's a lot of Christians that are stagnant like that, and they're kind of a little stinky, right? Got a little film of yuck on them. And that's what Paul says I am not going to get stuck there. See, the water is the water's living water, and it's flowing in and to you and out of you. But guess who can put a stop to the flow? You, me. We can put a stop. 13. I want you to see how many times he reiterates this I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this I don't depend on me however I do have one compelling focus and this is the scripture that everybody goes to I forget all of the past as i fasten my heart to the future instead I forget all the past how many of you have a hard time forgetting How many of you actually think it's impossible to forget unless you have a disease of some kind like dementia or something like Alzheimer's, right? You Almost like, there's no way I can forget all my, my junk. There's no way I can forget all that past stuff. But then when you say that, you're limiting God. Am I right? I, I think we used to say, or we still say it, all things are possible with God. Then nothing's too hard for God. And so we keep thinking, "Oh, I can't forget my past. I mean, I've got a really good memory of all the bad things I've ever done. The New King James Version says, forgetting the past, I press forward, which suggests that forgetting is a process. And it is a process. How many of you, because this is true for me, how many of you, your, your past, your bad past, is some, sometimes it becomes a blur. You don't really remember things like you used to. It wasn't because you were tripping. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't remember nothing, Pastor. He <laughs> just handcuffed me and took me away. I was, Sorry. <laughs> but there's a, I, I believe God give, has, gives us the ability or he, he gives us that wherewithal to forget things and we can move forward then if we're not always thinking and dwelling on that stuff. And that's so Paul says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this, but this is what I do, I forget all that past and I fasten my heart to the future instead. See, when you start focusing on your past, then you'll start slipping back into your flesh. And then you'll start making decisions based upon your flesh. You know what I'm talking about? You you don't pray about something, big thing something big's coming up and your way well, you know I, I, this is how we used to do it I, i'll just do it the same way and, and that got you in trouble the first time and you do it again and you don't stop and say god I, I need some i need wisdom here i need some wise counsel and we we start slipping back into our past just little by little by little and all of a sudden we're just caught back up into it and we're not living the abundant life anymore because that na- the, the, you know what the past is what it will do to you it it'll, will it'll, it'll kick-start the what-ifs in your life. What if I'd have done this? What if I'd have chosen this? Listen, you can't go back and redo that stuff. You can't fix it. That's why, in God, you have to allow Him to come in and change your past and dictate your future. Verse 14, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus He's just saying, he said it over and over through many other scriptures. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. You become what you focus on. Right? Fixate your eyes on your past, you'll become your past again. Fixate your eyes on Jesus, you'll become more like Jesus. And he will take you not only to to the todays of your life, but to the tomorrows. Verse 15. Just about to wrap it up. Verse 15. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. Who will reveal it? So it's not our job? We can show them. We can love them. We can pray for them. You know where we mess up so many times Christians? We try to tell people what only God can tell them. We do. We try to force them. We try to talk them into it. We try to debate them into it. Instead of saying, Holy Spirit, have your way in their life. Let me be a vessel. Let me be here for them, to love them and care for them. But I can't fix them. I can't fix them. God will reveal it to them. And let us all advance together. Say together, together. To reach this victory prize following one path with one passion. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say new creation. creation. Old things, say old things, have what? Passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. There's that supernatural reconciliation to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us. The ministry of reconciliation. So many people say, well, I don't have a ministry. Everybody has a ministry. Everybody should be a part of the ministry of reconciliation. You don't have to have a shingle on your wall or a certificate. You don't, he's called you. If you know Jesus Christ, is your Lord and Savior, he's called you to the ministry. And the first and foremost is the ministry of reconciliation. That's bringing people to Jesus. Best thing you can do for anybody. Not give them 100 bucks, bring them to Jesus. Not give them a new car, bring them to Jesus. Not giving them a diploma, bring them to Jesus. That's the most important thing that any of us can do. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I want to close with this. Did you know there are benefits from having a bad past? Hmm? You didn't know that. You are just saying yes. You're like, yes, no, yes, I'm not sure. <laughs> there are benefits from having a negative past mature believers that have conquered their past can help others mature believers that have conquered their past can help other people that are going through the same thing your testimony has can be a huge witness that's why we're doing this every almost every sunday we've had testimonies your testimony can help somebody else that's struggling with the same thing And they overcame him, who was him, Satan, who was him, the the accuser, the accuser of the who, the brethren, the sisters. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the what? The word of their testimony. And they didn't love their lives to the death. In other words, they were so focused on Jesus that it didn't matter. They had a testimony. They were covered by the blood. And they were willing to share what God had done in their life to see other people saved and healed and set free and delivered your testimony can be a huge witness to those who are struggling with the very things that you struggle with how many of you know that see some judy will reach people that i can't reach robert will reach people that i can't reach because you all have a different testimony than i do everybody has a testimony if you know jesus christ raise your hand if you know jesus this morning then hold your hand up say i have a testimony. Oh, but pastor, mine's really dull. No, there's no such thing as a dull testimony. When supernatural, you've been saved by the blood of Jesus. There's nothing, nothing boring about that. That's not a dud, pastor. I was a little girl, and I got saved when I was little. I don't think I really ever did anything bad. Hmm. For all of sin to fall short of the glory of God, all of us. You don't have to have a really colorful bad past to have a testimony. Matter of fact, the best testimonies are those that aren't like that. I just gave my life to Jesus, and I loved him since I can remember, and I've served him. That's a good testimony, church. It's a good testimony. You know, you know why you can benefit from a negative past? More than likely, listen, more than likely you're going to have more compassion than somebody that hasn't been through some stuff. You have Compassion. You're not gonna you're not gonna be judging people harshly like some of us religious people do. Well I never did use them their drugs. I can't believe anybody would do that stuff to themselves. Yeah. And we look we can look down on people if we're not careful and judge them harshly. But then you know the way you judge, guess what? You're gonna be judged. You know what they've been through. When you minister to somebody and they come to you and say, listen, I've got this problem. You say, you know, I, I was there once. I battled that. I, I still have issues. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm, sti- I'm still, I'm in the process of forgetting. Sometimes in my past, the enemy kind of whispers in my ear and I just have to say, God, I, 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 can't, I can't listen to that. So I turn to him and I worship him and I praise him because his presence can overwhelm your past we just stand this morning